Hello, everyone. My name is Austin Belzer from Austin B Media. Today, I have the composer for The Dream Life of Georgie Stone, Amit Cohen. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. A uh, little busy, like I said before. Um, it's been it, it's been a week. It, it has been a couple. Well, actually, a couple weeks because I've actually been doing Rebecca coverage for two, three weeks by this Oh, time. wow. So you started before the festival and you're going through the whole festival. Yeah, I think my first interview was about two or three days before the festival. Oh, wow. Awesome. What did you it interview? A, it was a You Can Live Forever with the directors of that. Nice. Uh, awesome. I think directors. At this point, my brain <laughs> is mush. I don't yeah. even know what time is anymore. Anyways. Mm. Um, So the dream life of Georgia Stone, for anyone who wants to catch it if you're in New York, uh, is, it's playing at the Angelica on June 16th at 5 p.m. And uh, thankfully it's been picked up by Netflix, so if you can't check it there uh, at Tribeca, you can catch it on Netflix later. Um, All right. Maybe yeah. this year, maybe next year. I, I don't know yet. I'll have to ask them. But, um, but yeah, anyways, I mean, welcome. Uh, it's not often I have a composer here. All um, right. <laughs> usually it's just uh, maybe an editor, maybe a mm -hmm. director, maybe something like that, or a producer. Okay. Um, but, uh, let's just get into it. Um, so for those who aren't familiar with the um, subject, Georgie Stone, who is she? So Georgie Stone is an Australian transgender teen who became an activist uh, activist. And uh, she helped change laws in Australia to help other transgender uh, children. Um, and the film is told through memories over 19 years. So you get to see her as a child and as she's growing into an adult. Yeah. Um, and I think we don't really often get just docu shorts that are... Um, spanning so much of, uh, of time mm -hmm. so that's kind of intriguing um, yeah especially considering there are, i just reviewed uh the j-lo documentary halftime which mm -hmm. spans probably about 33 years or something like that oh wow okay i haven't seen it actually that sounds really cool maybe wait i mean if you're expecting like a huge uh volume maybe mm -hmm. watch it but i i don't know the editing really didn't It really killed it for me. Was okay. Interesting. Um, makes it non-linear. But um, mm -hmm. talking about uh, Georgie Stone, um, what was your approach to composing the score? Um, actually, we had a very non-traditional approach. Um, Maya Newell, the director, requested that I would use instruments that don't sound like instruments which is a very vague request, right? Yeah. So then I had to figure out what does that mean? Um, so I feel like I sort of went on a journey there with trying to manipulate instruments like a piano that I added a lot of effects on it and made it sound like it's broken. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the instruments that I actually ended up creating was a bicycles. I used bicycles, um, either metal 
uh, sticks and wood sticks on the spokes while they're spinning mm-hmm. um, or the chains. And then I recorded all of that and started manipulating the audio. So it became very like atmospheric texture that was trying to describe a thought being formed. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the film itself is is told in a non-linear way. So we are always seeing like flashbacks. So my thought was we need a basis of the music that would sound like subconscious. And the first thing that came up to my mind is let's let's put a white noise and a sound of an old dusty gramophone. So it sounds like as if we're just going back in time and we're wow. just like diving into somebody's brain, you know? So that's uh, those three sounds uh, are the bicycles and, and the subconscious sounds. Um, they appear in every single track um, over the, it's a 30 minute film. I think we have like 20 minutes of music. Um, but we also wanted to make it very personal. So um, we ended up recording Georgie um, with percussion like body percussion so there's a track that is like really groovy and i asked her to do a lot of like mouth noises and and like tap on like you know her chest and and Mm -hmm. cheeks uh and then we recorded that over zoom she sent me the files and then i put them in my music so that's just something nice like personal element that we put throughout Mm -hmm. uh so yeah that was that was cool and I can I couldn't even imagine trying to record music through Zoom because like I already have like trouble like for mm-hmm. example to give some insight to people who don't record on Zoom uh, when you when I put this through a uh, editing software maybe DaVinci is what I use for um, video editing and then Studio One uh, from Presonus is what I use for audio editing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to physically say, no, I get, I get you're seeing this as a mono track. Make it a stereo track anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it's it's a terrible thing. I mean, <laughs> even with like high fidelity, I forget mm-hmm. what you call it, high fidelity music mode or something like that. Mm. Turned on. Um, and, yeah. So I, I didn't like record the the Zoom call itself. She had a, um, well, what is it called? She had a, a, a some sort of a recorder machine. I forget the word, like a Zoom recorder, but it's not the oh, Zoom, okay. the app, you know? There's like the machine called yeah. Zoom and there's the Zoom, the app. So, um, so she recorded the files and then sent me them separately. But over Zoom call, I instructed her, which was okay. super fun because it's like, after you work on a film for so long and then you get to meet the people you work on the film, you feel like you know them really mm-hmm. well. So that was, to me, that was extremely awesome. Just get to work with her. Yeah, for sure. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I, I totally get the confusion because um, with the actual recorder, yeah. because literally I was looking up, hey, why isn't this happening on Zoom? And I'll type right. in Zoom recording and it would give me the, actual recorder i'm like no that's not what I'm yeah 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 <laughs> um, nice. so um getting back to the music what mm. made you want to compose the music for the short 
Well, I knew Maya already from her previous project, um, In My Bloody Trunks. That was a feature film about Aboriginal children in Australia that was nominated for Australian Academy Awards. Um, I was an additional composer on that. And um, Maya and I got to know each other through the Skywalker Ranch. Um, we did, sorry, we met at the Sundance Music and Sound Design Lab where they teamed us up and we stayed at Skywalker Ranch. That's how we formed our work and um, friendship relationship. And um, then I worked with her as an additional for the In My Bloody Tron movie. And then she asked me to write the music for this short, The Dream Life of George Stone. And I just honestly love working with Maya because she's such a great collaborator and she has such an interesting approach for filmmaking and especially for sound and music that I I didn't even need to know what the film is about to say yes, but she also sent me the proof of concept and I was just so blown away but by the idea that she had for the film and the story itself it's just such a beautiful story so there was no way to say no you know (laughs) no um but yeah i mean um you know it's interesting you talk earlier about inventing instruments Mm. and maybe this is just because i recently bought dune uh on i think (laughs) it was like eight bucks okay Uh, um but I'm always interested in the like idea of inventing instruments because Mm. I don't know if you've watched Hans Zimmer talk about creating some of those um, sounds. Uh, It it was, it it was interesting, but when I hear you talk about inventing instruments, it immediately piques my curiosity Mm. because I'm like, okay. Because when I think, whenever I talk about, uh, a score or music in a um, short documentary or what have you. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. okay, is this like string based? Is this synth based? You know, I, yeah. I go, to, I go to the bases. Um, it, it stunt. I think even in my Dune review, I think I said something along the lines of like, it's like a didgeridoo, and that mm-hmm. actually turned out being right. Um, nice it, that it was a didgeridoo or something like that, and created all these weird, wonderful instruments. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I just wanted to, I, I just think that's fascinating. There's Thank no you. question there. That, that's just fascinating. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I think it's really nice to add a layer of something you invent or manipulate to your music because I feel like it brings something new and then mm-hmm. a, a layer of originality or a piece of yourself. Um, and in general, even even if there is no budget for an orchestra or something, and you have to record everything on the computer, in the we call it in the box. Mm-hmm. I just like grabbing an instrument, an an analog instrument to record on myself by myself because it just adds a warm a warmth, uh, some warmth quality to the music that I feel is very important, at least to me. Yeah, I mean, I think. You know, you talk about um, adding your voice, I believe you said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I can't remember what I was reviewing, um, but I was, literally one of my thing was 
things was I think it was Halo or Candy, whichever oh. one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reviewing at, at at the same time, so they kind of blend together for me. Yeah. Um, the like, especially since Pablo Schreiber is in both. Um, but um, I think one of my criticisms of that show, of one of those shows, was like I didn't feel any of the voice in some of them, some mm. of the episodes. I'm like, I that's something critical you need that, or at least for me, that I yeah. need to be like, okay. Yes, this is a TV director, but how can I tell it's that person? Right. They have a tone, the way they do things. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's super. It's it's an interesting fine line because some gigs, like they, I mean, projects, they hire you to do your sound. Mm -hmm. And some projects, they have a very specific idea of what they want. So you kind of, you can't just go be i'm the featured artist you know because your goal at the end of the day is to represent the film the best way you can be yeah. i actually think it's a pretty cool compliment to be a really cool like a chameleon where you do a score that is so drastically different than the other score that they uh, the audience won't even believe it's the same person that writes that how cool <laughs> huh. um yeah i i don't know i like it but um I understand what you're saying with like, you know, the artistry and all that. Yeah. Because it, it's like for the longest time, um, I was, I forget what it was. Um, but you know, you know, when you're listening to an album, say mm. an al- a band you've been listening to for years, yeah. um, it's always nice to be like, Oh, Hey, they're trying something new. Yeah. But then you also want that same kind of like right. flavor. It's like, yeah, I want the vanilla ice cream, but I also maybe <laughs> want to try the coffee ice cream over here. Yeah. Um, so it is kind of a delicate balance too. And, yeah. I've, and I think if you're doing vanilla all the time, I think it's like, okay, but I, I, I've had 40 pounds of vanilla ice cream. It's not, it's not good <laughs> for me anymore. I've, I've just True. been making the same thing. Anyways. Right. Um, I just want to ask what other tidbits, uh, maybe I didn't get, get to them. Um, can you tell me about the composition process of this movie or anything else you want to tell me about? Sure. Or DocuShort. Um, so we actually utilized the pandemic to our advantage because our deadline was pretty loose. So we ended up doing something um, a little bit, not normal uh usually for composers you get the rough cut or a semi-locked cut um and then you start writing to the picture directly um because we had extra time then we decided to just write sketches of the music while they were still editing the film so maya and i came up with like i think it was four or five different emotions that we wanted to have themes for so I started sketching based on the descriptions she would give me or the reference music that she sent me Um, and I gave her a lot of music as options to see what is the direction we should go for and then she sent the tracks that she liked to the editor or maybe she and the editor picked it together I'm not really sure what was that process but the editor put it to the picture as he was editing the film. 
which is actually pretty cool because they already had the concept in mind as you're editing. So then once we had all the, we call it the sketch tracks, once we had that complete, um, I took a break, they edited, and then they sent me um, a few weeks or a month, I don't remember. Um, after that, they sent me the rough cut with for the music that I had already wrote. But then I had to go back in and open it up and um, kind of hone in on the concept and the music itself, make sure it's locked. Um, and then we went, we had a lot of back and forth and like, how can we try and make it better and better? Um, what sounds should we use? What there was a lot of back and forth. It's a very, very collaborative process. Uh, I think Maya and I probably had a Zoom meeting every week or every other week just to talk about the music and sound. Um, yeah, and that took on and off like a few months of work. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that makes sense. You know, I, mm. I, I hear about like um, people like M Michael Jack Giacchino. I don't know how to say his last name. Giacchino. Giacchino. Um, yeah. And he's like, I'm going in the recording booth for Spider-Man Homecoming or something like that. And it's like, mm -hmm. I checked the date and it's like 30 days before the film comes out. And I'm like, you, yeah. you absolute machine. How in the world did you do that? Right. There are films that the schedule is tighter and you just have to figure it out. We had a lot of fun with like a pretty loose schedule which is very rare. And I think that's why we decided to be a, just go for it. You know, we have the opportunity. Let's just, let's just do it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah. I really appreciate you taking so much time and um, yeah, just thank you so much. Great talking to you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to my interview with Amit Cohen. Uh, the composer of Dream Life of Georgie Stone. And thank you to my patrons, Tonus, Thomas Stoneham Judge, Joseph Davis, Shane Conto, David Walters, and Beulah Beulah, and Matthew Simpson for supporting Awesome Media on Patreon. If you can if you can spare a few bucks, uh, go to my Patreon at patreon.com slash awesomebmedia. I'll also have a link to my Patreon in the links below, as well as all my social media. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.